If you can dream it, we can help you create it. Welcome to the You Create Podcast, the show that teaches you how to take the power and flexibility of a StepCraft 3D CNC system and turn your ideas into reality. So let your ideas flow because we want to know what will you create? Welcome to episode 13 of the You Create Podcast. My name is Eric and I'll be your host. I want to thank you again for being here this week with me. Uh, This week I want to talk about a show I just attended this weekend. Uh, It's called the Cabin Fever Expo and it's located in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. And I know I talked about it a couple weeks ago asking if anybody had previously gone just to see, uh, you know, get some idea what to expect when we go there. And uh, I did hear from quite a few people and I appreciate that. And, you know, it allowed us to prepare our booth and, uh, you know, bring some samples and things like that, that, that I think would have been uh, really appealing to the people that were there. Um, and, uh, you know, I appreciate that. That helped a lot. This show was, um, I've never been to it before and it was definitely uh, nothing short of like amazing. It was uh it was really, really cool. I mean, Saturday, uh, we did not get a chance to get out and walk around the show. Our booth was completely swamped. Uh, we had nonstop people all day. We couldn't even leave to take a break to go to the bathroom or get a drink of water or anything. It was, uh, which is what you want when you do a trade show. But what was impressed, impressing for me was um, the quality of the people I mean, the people were just awesome very very friendly everybody knew kind of what we did they knew about uh cnc they knew you know they could appreciate uh the stepcraft machine even though they may not have ever seen it or heard of it before they could appreciate all the functionality that it had within one system so that that was really nice for us. It was very encouraging. It was interesting to hear people come up to us and talk about the type of stepper motors we use and, uh, you know, the type of electronics and the type of software where, you know, typically when we do a show like a radio control hobby show or kind of a non-technical show, uh, people don't care about those things. They're, they care about like, what can this machine do? And, you know, things like that. So it was a, a very different crowd for us. But um it was, it was amazing. We made, met a lot of new people, um, made some, uh, new future friendships and, uh, we're, we were excited about it. So the cabin fever show for anybody that's never attended, um, I'm trying to think of how the best way to ex- describe it. I, I was telling a friend yesterday that it is the show that you go to where everybody has way too much free time on their hands. Um, there are, models at this show and it's it's not like model airplanes or plastic models or things like that these uh people that are there have created and crafted models that are scale replicas of working steam engines and locomotives and uh construction equipment and it's just it's incredible there's one room you go into and it's nothing but one steam powered engine after another. And when you look at these things, they're not very big. You know, they may be less than a a square foot cubed or a cubed foot. But uh, when you look at the detail and the valves and the pistons and the flywheels and, you know, I talked to several gentlemen that were there asking, you know, I made the mistake of asking one guy if this was a kit. And uh, he was, he was an older gentleman and he uh, started to school me a little bit on, 
on you know this whole hobby this and, and that's exactly what this is it's a, it's a very specific hobby uh and he actually told me on this one machine that he built that uh he's got about a little over a thousand hours into it and everything was made from a benchtop uh manual cnc mill and uh, so we're talking a small little cnc mill everything from the flywheels to the pistons the crankshafts 100% of it, he said, was was made uh, in his workshop in his house, and the the quality, the finished quality, is amazing. I, you know, you would think when you look at these things, okay, you know, maybe the guy did it with a CNC machine. These were all, ma- you know, most of these people have manually made these things, which is which is pretty incredible. Um, so there was a lot of uh, engines and stuff that were powered by air. They had pneumatics running down the tables. Uh, there was an airline um, for everybody to tap into. So many of them were run by air, but there was quite a few that were run by uh, propane or butane and uh, actually boiled water, created steam, and and that's what made them work. And uh, it's just amazing. Uh, you have to check out the, the pictures at uh, cabinfeverexpo.com and you'll get an idea of what I'm talking about. I mean, some of these things are, are just incredible. Um, another company that impressed me was, uh, actually, I apologize. I don't have their name handy, but let me see if I can find it. They, they make a uh, locomotive and I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I was thinking, uh, it's actually called Godshall's custom machining. And I'll put a link on that to the show notes. So he came to our booth and is interested in, in one of our machines, mainly because he, um, they make a lot of like badges and, you know, smaller details on these locomotives that he thought he could produce using our system. And so we talked for a while and a uh, great guy. And he said, you know, you got to come over our booth and check it out. So I was expecting a locomotive like you would find, uh, you know, for a train track, like, a, you know, hobby, like a small HO scale or, or an O or N scale or something. Uh, so I walk over to this booth and man, you couldn't miss it. Uh, this, there was a, at least eight foot long, uh, coal fired locomotive with a, with an attached tender. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at it and I, I was kind of looking, he was talking to somebody and I, I didn't realize that it was a coal fired. I just assumed it was probably like electric and it was converted and it was, you know, model, like a scale model, but maybe electric for the propulsion on it. And, uh, when he came over and started showing me the, the, the unit, uh, it, it has a firebox in it and you load it up with coal, uh, just like the real thing. It has all of, there's a boiler, uh, you fill it with water. It creates steam. There's, there's uh, a steam pistons on the front, all the valves in the control area. There's, there's the brakes and the, the water pressure and all it, just like the real locomotive. Um, and I, you know, I, I, so I was asking, I says, you know, wow, this is, this is insane. You know, is this like a one-off? And he said, no, it's a production model. And I said, well, what does something like this cost? And it was, it was $25,000. And the, he always has a backlog of orders on these things. And I, wow, I was like, you know, that's insane to me. And I said, who's your, who's your market? And there's a lot of people, I guess, around the country that have uh railroad train tracks, like in their yard and through their property. And, uh, you know, he showed me a couple of videos where 
they've got this locomotive on a track and then they've got a bunch of cars with seats on them and you know you sit on the tender and you control use the controls on the locomotive and you pull cars around the yard with uh, seats for your kids and stuff like that so it is a the epitome of a high-end yard toy uh, and I was just blown away. I mean, this company was amazing. The guy is so talented. Um, been doing this for over 30 years. Uh, it's a family, uh, you know, multi-generation business and just, uh, the machining quality and everything was, uh, was incredible. Um, so that, that was, that was, you know, pretty interesting. There was a whole section at the show. There was a huge dirt mound in, in this show. And I walked over there and, there were replica, uh, handmade uh, cranes and and um, drag bucket machines and payloaders and excavators and there was a payloader there that had to be about six feet long, weighed hundreds of pounds. It was completely scratch machined and the detail was it it looked like if I took a picture of it in the right way, you would swear it was a real thing. All hydraulically operated controlled by a remote control and all of these guys were, were sitting there in this big pile of dirt and they had dump trucks and everything else. And it was like watching a miniature construction site. Uh, and I've seen videos of this stuff before. It's very popular in Europe. Uh, and I, but I've never seen it up close and you can really appreciate when you get up close to one of these machines, how much design engineering, uh, went into it. And just the, the amount of, of, quality uh and everything was uh was insane now i'd, I'd ask like you know what costs like because I'm, I'm always concerned not concerned about costs but you always wonder you know like hey that's really really cool i'd like to get into that with my son or whatever um you know these machines start there are some kits out there that come from germany and and the machines start at seven eight thousand dollars uh so it's it's definitely a high-end hobby um, but very impressive. It was really cool. There was a huge boat pond there. There was a lot of uh, uh, scratch built boats, uh, steamships, and uh, you know just a, hundred, a ton of different types of uh, of of boats. Now, by the time I got there, it was Sunday, so there wasn't as much activity there. In fact, the show was pretty quiet all day. Uh, so we had a chance to walk around and talk to some people, but from what I was uh, gathering from talking to people, like the pond was nonstop on Saturday uh, and there was just, you know, you couldn't even move in there. So it was, um, you know, it was interesting. Uh, very, very interesting. They had a swap shop there. There was an auction that was going on. Um, there was uh, quite a few vendors, vendors selling tools and vendors selling different kits like steam engine kits and things like that. Um, we were in a, CNC area and I was new this year that they actually made an area specific to uh, CNC companies so we were that we were right next to a company called CNC 4PC um, Art was there and, and uh, he is the UC CNC um, uh, UC 100 uh, importer and, and dealer uh, for the United States and he was a great guy we spent a lot of time talking to him and he's got he had some really cool um, stepper motor systems and servo motor systems that he was displaying in his booth. Uh, Tormach was there, uh, which was nice. I, I'm familiar, very familiar with the Tormach machine, but this is the first time I got to see them at a trade show and they had their, the new, there's a new small machine that they just released. Uh, they had a CNC lathe and then they had their biggest machine there and 
their booth was pretty busy. It was, uh, you know, that's a that's an unbelievable system. Uh, very, very accurate, very precise, uh, very rugged um, and capable machine, uh, specifically if you're doing aluminum and, you know, things like that. Uh, so they were there. Um, Artsoft was there with Mach 3 and Mach 4. Uh, and there was a few other companies I'd never heard of that were selling uh, stepper systems. And there was another CNC mill uh, company there that was a uh, you know, metal-based mill, a smaller one. And so we didn't, I, unfortunately, I didn't get around to talk to every vendor, but uh, the ones that were just immediately surrounding us, um, there was one company there that had a uh, their stepper motors in retrofitted into a Chinese eBay CNC machine. And it was the first time I saw one of those up close as well. So I went over to take a look at it. And, you know, at first glance, it seems like a pretty robust machine, you know, thick aluminum plates, had an integrated T-slot table. It was, um, you know, it, was, it looked nice looking. It had a Makita um, trim router in there for powering it. And uh, I talked to the guy and, and it was only in his booth just as a means of a platform so that he can demo his stepper motor and controller system. So... When, um, you know, we were talking about it, I guess he bought it last year and at that show, uh, one of the linear slide bearings just fell apart. Uh, you know, he, he says very, very poor quality, uh, the electronics and steppers and stuff in there, um, you know, were very subpar and, and that, you know, of course that's why he retrofitted it with his system. Uh, and he was just, he was running it throughout the show and basically just engraving people's names on like planks of pine with a, a V bit. Um, it was just, again, it was just a, a matter of teaching people, um, about his product anyway. And so that was, that was neat. It was nice to see that because I know we compete against, uh, eBay CNC machines all the time. And you, you always wonder, you know, the prices are relatively cheap and you, do you really get what you pay for? Or, uh, you know, is there some value there? And, and in this case, um, you know, mechanically, I guess it was, you know, the aluminum and stuff is, seemed pretty nice, but you know, you if if you're looking for a turnkey thing, he strongly said that's not what you want. But if you want something you can retrofit and upgrade and all that, then that's the uh, that that could be a, a a potential system. But what was interesting is as it sat there, uh, he put a value on it of about two grand um, that he had into it, which is right on par with our machines. And uh, he came over and was very very impressed by what we had to offer. And you know, we were talking about it a lot throughout the show. So. That was, uh, who knows, maybe there'll be a future partnership there in, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, so we're, you know, we were pretty excited about any um, systems, uh, you know, that we were able to to see and, and witness, uh, you know, real life. Um, Stepper 3 was the name of that company that, that had the, the Chinese uh, machine there. And uh, his control systems were very impressive and uh, very very knowledgeable guy. So we had a we had a good time talking with him. Um, another guy that I spoke with that um, really impressed me was, and he his business is um, Kegler's Woodworks, and uh, Mark Kegler was his name. And his business was was interesting. They are in the business of custom woodworking. Um, and what they do is uh, like they're in the historic district of um, North Carolina and they, they do a lot of restoration work. So people will bring uh, hand carved millwork to them that maybe 
is uh, is rotted and they need to replace it or they're doing an addition and they want new millwork to match the old millwork exactly. And in this case, they, you know, people will bring in samples of the profiles of, of the different trim and crown moldings and things like that. And they take that uh, sample and they replicate it. They, they send it out. They, they have it either CAD drawn or they scan them. Um, and then they, they create a, uh, a tool, uh, they'll, they'll actually have a machine shop there to make their own profile tools and then they'll run off, you know, thousands of linear feet of, uh, millwork to match exactly what these, uh, original, uh, pieces were. So, yeah, we talked for a while and it was a very, very interesting business because I, I can certainly see why a business like his is, is, uh, sought after and, and then he stays busy because, you know, buildings that were in the 1800s, there was no CNC back then. All this, you know, fancy millwork that you see and things like that, these were all handcrafted and uh, nobody does that anymore. I mean, very rare that you'll find somebody that will handcraft millwork and uh, especially to that kind of detail. So uh, his business is, is simply to replicate it. And that's a craft in itself. Um, it's not something every anybody with like a table saw and a, you know, and a router can do. Um, you know, they make their own tools. Uh, they make their uh, all their own profile uh, tooling, uh, the scanning, and everything that's involved in replicating this material um, and and these designs exactly is it was pretty impressive. So, uh, you know, he's interested in as well in uh, a smaller CNC for smaller, more detailed work, less production run things, um, you know, samples and stuff like that, rather than firing up a, a big machine uh, to do it. So, you know, we have a lot to talk about in the future, but very interesting um, business that he has. And, uh, you know, he's, he's very, very busy, he said, and uh, it was, it was, it was great talking to him. I really, you know, I really enjoyed that. But uh, yeah, it was a nonstop, um, flow people through our booth we were showing a we had a stepcraft 300 that was 3d printing some uh gears there we had a stepcraft 600 that i was doing some three-dimensional carving on and then we had our new automatic tool changer there that was installed on a stepcraft 420 and that was um was kind of a showstopper for us for a lot of people coming over because you just don't expect to see an automatic tool changer on a small, you know, benchtop CNC machine. And uh, Dan, who's our support manager, uh, had been working on getting it set up. We had just received it uh, prior to the show. And in fact, uh, we, on our way to Pennsylvania from Connecticut, we had to stop in Trenton, New Jersey at McMaster Car to get a uh, airline adapter. Uh, and it, since we left on Friday, there was no way to get one shipped. So we kind of rerouted our trip to go pick it up. And the... Uh, the tool changer itself runs on 110 PSI. It's a pneumatic, so there's a pneumatic airline, and uh, it uses a tapered tool holder. So the the pneumatics are you know will contract to allow the tool holder to slide in, and then when you release the air, uh, it draws it up in tight. And uh, the the machine comes with a rack to hold five different tools. Uh, and the idea that you know the 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 idea of the automatic tool changer on a larger CNC machine, you almost need it, right? You're not going to stop a big, you know, $50,000, $100,000 um, CNC machine to go in there manually, change tools, and then touch them off and 
uh, you know, that, that's a very time consuming process on a machine that, you know, you bill out hundreds of dollars an hour to run. Uh, but on a desktop CNC, the same thing kind of applies. I mean, if you're doing a complicated carving job that requires uh, multiple tools to complete and then you have a final tool to do a profile or maybe you're doing a fancy sign that's got a V carve. So you got a V bit, then it's uh, you've got a carved portion of it. So you might have an eighth and sixteenth inch ball nose. Um, then you might have a round over bit to do the edges and then you've got a final cutout bit. So you could have a, a project that has four or five tool changes in it. And, and, in a manual process, you're going to basically, you know, take the tool out manually. You're going to put a new one in, you're going to retouch the tool off on the top of the material, and then you're going to restart the next part of your job. But with a tool changer, you can go into your favorite, uh, cam program, such as uh, Vectric V carve. And you could basically, you know, click your, click your outlines and assign your tool pass like you normally would, except this time you're going to give every tool a number. And when you save the profile, you're going to use the ATC uh, post processor and it's going to generate one G code file and there will be G code commands in there that'll tell the tool changer, okay, for this step, you need tool one and you need tool two. And it will automatically go over, place the old tool in the holder, grab the next tool, and then continue on with the job. So I have a couple quick video clips of it um, changing tools uh, that are on our Facebook page. But uh, we are, this week, we're going to be running some actual production stuff, and we're going to create some more videos of that. So look for those uh, online. And uh, then we've got to start the process of... Uh, some tutorial videos showing uh, customers how to set it up and you know because there's some there's some uh, macro uh, files that need to have parameters put in because when you mount the tool changer you do have to define uh, a x y z location for each tool you only have to do it one time but you have to do that for each tool location um, and then once you do that it's simply a matter of just saying grab tool one tool two etc so we're really excited about that. Um, it's going to be a, a, a kind of a huge game changer product for us. Uh, so we start the process now that we're back of uh, the instruction videos and the um, you know demo videos and things like that. So the the automatic tool changer will start to be sold next week. Um, and those of you that are listening today is the 19th of January. So we'll be starting to sell these things probably around the 25th or so of January. And, um, yeah, really cool. I mean, if you're doing jobs that require a lot of tool changes and you want to just be able to have it be unattended, we've got the solution. So we're, we're really excited about that anyway. Um, so yeah, that was cabin fever. I'm mean, next year. Uh, if you get a chance to get down to Pennsylvania or anywhere in the area, it is definitely worth checking out. Uh, Saturday is going to be the busy day. So if you do plan to go on Saturday, expect crowds and, you know, plan a whole day because it might take you a little while to get close to the booths and, you know, be able to talk to people. Sunday was definitely a better day to spend some quality time with uh, people's in, people in the booth and different manufacturers and things like that. Uh, so yeah, plan ahead. Uh, again, cabinfeverexpo.com. So that's it. Um, it's kind of a shorter podcast this week. I just kind of wanted to give a highlight of the Cabin Fever show and, and what that was all about. I was reading some forum posts on uh, Facebook and stuff where uh, a lot of people had never heard of it before and things like that. So I wanted to touch base with everybody and 
kind of fill them in a little bit on on uh, cabin fever and what it is. Uh, our next show is in two weeks. It's a huge model railroad show up in Springfield, Massachusetts. So we are getting a lot of requests too from people um, to have us come and exhibit at shows near them or throughout the country. So my request goes out that if there's a show that's applicable in your area, please email me and let me know uh, what that is. So if there's any woodworking shows or model railroad shows or shows like Cabin Fever, um, home shows, I'm, I'm really interested in, in knowing about them because we are going to plan in 2016 to be very aggressive as far as getting out to shows and, and getting uh, demos in front of people. So feel free to email me at info at stepcraft.us if you know of any shows that we should be aware of. So that's it for this week. Have a great week, and I look forward to talking to you very shortly. Goodbye, everybody.